Hello, and welcome to the DOS Champions podcast. We're going to be trying something a little bit different this time around. Uh, we are going to call this the flavor of the week. We're going to address some stuff that we've noticed uh, in U.S. men's national team discussions for the most part, but along the way, we'll probably throw in some other stuff. Uh, you're going to end up seeing a few of these sound bites uh, sprinkled around. They'll be issued on Twitter and a few things onto the, the YouTube channel. Uh, we figured putting some things into bite-sized pieces so everybody could gobble them up and, uh, you know, have an example of where our heads are at on stuff that's happening right now. So um, today, the topic is going to be on assessing players across different leagues with really a specific eye, because this is a, you know, really U.S.-centric podcast, a specific eye on uh, MLS versus some of the more middling European leagues. And... I've talked for a minute and haven't even mentioned my uh, my partner in crime here. Alex, how's it going today? Dude, I'm, I'm all good, but you know that people are just going to unsubscribe as soon as they hear my voice, so I'm going to let you keep rolling, dude. Oh, yeah, you think that? You think, oh, I know that. You think you, <laughs> you are the most annoying of us? How dare you? Yeah, I take, pl- I take pride in that. <laughs> yeah, you're a troll. Um, yeah, so... I guess let's just get into it, right? Like um, the MLS uh, and assessing players that play in the MLS and how their performances performances should be judged versus players that um, are in, let's say, the Scottish League, the Swiss League, and then the Austrian League is a good example of this, and and maybe even really the the championship. Um, and we'll use some specific player examples along the way here to try to highlight um, what our our points are, and really this. Uh, podcast is is meant to kind of break through some of the hyperbole and get into why nuance in these type of assessments when we really can't do like for like is so important and why just dismissing um achievements because the league is not of sufficient quality is not very useful or you know trying to make leagues seem like they're of lesser quality or not understanding how they're structured or ignoring how they're structured and how that uh, impacts what the expectation of players are and everything. So enough with the, uh, the, the prefacing, but the basic thing here is that um, MLS may be a stronger league on the whole than some of these examples. It probably is a stronger league on the whole than uh, the Scottish league, the Swiss league, and perhaps even the Austrian league. Uh, but the way that these um, leagues in Europe are structured makes it so that all the top teams are better than all the MLS teams. And that's a that's an important um, difference to, to look at. And it's important to recognize when assessing players that are especially on those top teams versus some of the middle teams. Having access to the European competitions is also a huge thing for these players. Um, for these teams in Europe that uh, it gives them a a whole different dimension to the competition and uh, what they're able to, to do and what level the the players are that are on their teams are able to achieve. Um, And I got to throw in one more. Yeah. I got to throw in one more point. So I think that's like really important to note, like the top of these leagues are so much more competitive than the MLS. So the Swiss league, the Austrian league, the Scottish premier league, the teams that are at the top of those teams would dominate teams in the MLS. But what's also true is that the teams at the bottom of those of those leagues are are likely, maybe they're not um, necessarily better than MLS teams, although I would argue they are. Um, but especially towards the end of the season, 
they're trying harder than MLS yeah. teams. There's pro rel that exists in those leagues. So many of these guys are like trying to save their paycheck, trying to save their pride, trying to um, trying to pull for their fans and not get booed off the field. And that's like a huge difference. If you like look at like FC Cincinnati and compare them to some of the bottom table teams across, you know, the Austrian league, the Swiss league and the Scottish premier league, I would venture to guess that like FC Cincinnati, especially towards the end of the season is a much less competitive team. Yeah, I think that uh, that impetus that comes from wanting to avoid relegation and keeps them competitive uh, and needing to go and seek points rather than really wanting to avoid points to get a better to be rewarded with a better draft pick is a very important thing for uh, the integrity of competition in general. Well, and then you have to factor in things like the finances, like there is no gam and tam. There is no financial protection from the league for many of these uh, teams in Europe. And that exists. Um, I think Gam and Tam in many cases is allocated to teams that finish towards the bottom of the table in MLS. Yeah, I'm not I'm not exactly sure how all of that works. I feel like it's purposely f- confusing so that people don't realize how much of a sham the MLS is. But uh, I think one of the big things here for these top teams in the European uh, competitions or in the European uh, leagues that are kind of middling is that they're expected to dominate each game. Yeah, it might be against lesser competition, but the expectation to win and perform week in and week out is something that should be not like, oh, they just beat up on poor teams. It really shouldn't be the take. The take should be if they don't beat up on the poor teams, they get a bunch of shit. So like they, the players that are on these top teams are kind of getting used to winning all the time and they're getting used to be having expectations to be better than their opponents all the time. And that I think that develops uh mentality in a for those top players in a manner that is um something that MLS actually doesn't have. And it's really really important uh for <laughs> assessing the top players on these top teams. Dude, that's a great point. Um does it make sense to zoom in on some of the players and some of the comparisons that we've heard um, on social lately, maybe we start with Jordan Pifak. Yeah, I think that is a great, great spot to uh, start. So, just some of the key things that Pifak, given his station as um, you know a player on a top Swiss team, he was able to play in the Champions League. He scored a couple goals there, so he's capable of competing at a Champions League level. It's hard to assess anybody in the MLS if they're capable of competing at Champions League level because. They don't play in the Champions League, so you can't really say it one way or another. Maybe they could, maybe they couldn't. It's speculative beyond that, but we know that P-Folk is capable of playing at a Champions League level because he has played at a Champions League level. Um, He scores a ton in Switzerland, so yeah, you might once again say, oh, against poorer teams or whatever, but he's scoring. He's going through the reps. He's expected to score so that his team wins. If he doesn't score, they don't win as much, and then they are looked at as being like, what the hell? Why didn't you beat up on all the crappy Swiss teams? So right. and their and their thing isn't to ship off a young a young talent to get a whole bunch of coin, right? They're not making money off transfers. They're making money off of competing in the Champions League. So he doesn't have grace. Yeah, that's a big deal for them. They like you're right. There is financial impetus for them to perform very, very well. And I imagine a lot of their contracts reflect that uh qualification, you know? So um yeah, and, and now I think we're going to get into some of the what we consider to be poor analysis, and I think generally it just is poor analysis, to, to diminish 
performances strictly based upon what the league conditions are. Um, a phrase that we came up with here while we were prepping is you should be weighting these things rather than dismissing them. Because if we actually care to look at them for what they are, try to make a statement about what they are, it's way better to go, okay, what are the factors? Not go, here's one factor. Switzerland's bad. Therefore, none of this is matters. That is just, that's just erroneous, like in its approach. Dude, I totally, I totally agree. Um, I think for anyone making comparisons across leagues, one of the things that you need to do, um, mostly because the claims are really difficult to make, is it's on the person who's making the claim, making the claim that one player from one league is better than another player from another league to actually supplement the evidence. And as a fan base, we ask we ask this question to ourselves and to people who are on the pod all the time: What does an ideal fan look like? Well, one of the things I think we can safely say here is an ideal fan weights these statements they weight the players across leagues they don't dismiss one or um or take the other one as being absolute truth you know performance yeah. per se even in jordan p folks case you know the goals that he's scoring it, it's not necessarily an indication that he's going to be able to do it at the next level it's not necessarily an indication that he's going to be able to do it on the national team so waiting you know how he's performing in the swiss league is important to do but to dismiss it and say Oh, he would absolutely dominate, no doubt about it. Or to say that if another player weren't in his situation, they would dominate as well. Those absolutes don't make sense and they need to be supplemented by evidence. Yeah. And I guess the now that you got into the the if part of it, uh, we, we see this often with the, you know, the Pepe versus P folk thing has been chumming along nicely. Um, and I, you often see people who are very pro Pepe say things like, well, if Pepe was in Switzerland, he would be scoring a ton of goals. And it's speculative and really doesn't have any meaning for true assessment. If you're going to do that type of speculation, well, can't you just do it with, shouldn't you just do it with everything? Like, shouldn't everybody be like, oh, well, if he was over there, he'd be doing this. And if he was over there, he'd be doing that. And you can see how that just like ends up being an endless cycle that has very, very little meaning in the real world. Um, it's, it's like, it wouldn't be fair to go, well, if P folk was in, Germany on Augsburg, he would be scoring lots of goals. That's just an assertion that you have no proof of, you know, and that's why I would never end up advocating for that type of thing. So let's, uh, you know, not that any of the fan base is going to listen to us, but I think we should lean off of the the speculation stuff and as if that's like a a substantive argument. Yeah, I, I agree. And like one of the things that's also you know, I'll note is it's very, if you look across sports and across teams, it's very uncommon that for players with low productivity rates to go have super high productivity rates on other teams. It, it just generally doesn't work like that. Um, usually the productivity rate of a player, um, it might take a little bit of a boost based on the conditions around them. Um, but it doesn't, it, across like all sports, it doesn't take huge leaps. You know, if you look in the NFL, there aren't receivers who are awesome on one team and then shit on another. Like if you look at Randy Moss, he was like fantastic on every team he played for. Um, you Except know, for the Raiders at one time, but like. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, and like look at like shitty players, like, um, Fuck, there's there's NBA players like uh, Michael Carter-Williams, for example. He won Rookie of the Year, but it, he wasn't considered a good player. And then every other team he went and played for, it was the same thing. He wasn't a good player. And one of the things that I, I at least take pride in personally in what we do at DOS Champions is, is we keep that consistent across who we evaluate. And even for Josh Sargent, 
like he hasn't been an elite score goal scorer in any of the leagues that we play. And, and like, yeah, sometimes we think maybe things would be different if Remnor at the top of the table or if Norwich were at the top of the table. But instead of saying, hey, Sargent's actually really good, he's just playing on shit teams, we've taken the position of Sargent's probably just a better midfielder than he is a forward. Yeah, or I, I think it's a the a good way to think about it is that you know if somebody is scoring a bunch in a league, even if the league is of lesser prestige than uh, maybe what you would consider good, it he's that player is still scoring a lot, and the reps of scoring are very very important. Now you know like absurdities aside, you know if somebody's scoring in like JV freaking Division Two Wisconsin, I'm not exactly going to say that they're going to score for Manchester United, but like that's just not a reasonable comparison. You know when we're talking about professional leagues where the guy also plays in the champions league it's fairly reasonable to go well he is scoring a lot so he's He's probably probably good at scoring you know he's probably gonna score a lot he's probably gonna score a lot in you know what might be a similar league yeah but it's really hard to say for sure you know but um it's more reasonable to say somebody is score would be scoring somewhere else when they are scoring where they're at than somebody that you know isn't scoring where they're at would be scoring somewhere else and that's like I, I think where the sergeant thing comes into play is that he is maybe not a goal scoring type you know and and you see that in the way he plays as well uh which getting getting into the the midfield thing or uh i don't know i mean Al, i don't think you're totally convinced of him being a midfielder per se uh but i think he has many midfielder-esque skill sets um, yeah, not we'll, to derail we'll, too much. No, here. no, no. We'll save that conversation for another yeah. day. And just to be clear, like I don't always think that the nine is responsible for scoring goals, and mm-hmm. I think the evidence of that is true across all leagues when you evaluate how often the nine is actually scoring versus wings and delayed runs from the eight. But moving on, and not to, you know, not to get off topic. There's other player comparisons that we wanted to bring up. Um, we wanted to bring up the Scottish Premier League, Cameron Carter-Vickers, um, and James Sands, and we wanted to run a comparison versus Miles Robinson. This has been coming up a lot lately. Is Miles is Robinson a better player than Cameron Carter-Vickers? And that's, an, that's a statement many have really stuck to as of late. I've even heard um, comments that Cameron Carter-Vickers is as low as six or seven on, on the center-back depth chart. Um, so why don't we dive into this for a little bit, Ryan? Yeah, so... Um... You know, Cameron Carter-Vickers straight up has an argument to be the best center back in Scotland so far this year. Uh, you know, he's not getting called up into the pool at all, which is really odd. Um, but the guy is has the potential to be, uh, or I, I think he's got a legit argument to be actually the most informed center back of anybody in the um, USMNT pool. Uh yeah, sure. Some of the MLS guys had decent seasons last year, you know, especially Walker Zimmerman. But uh, Cameron Carter-Victors has been playing a lot of minutes and performing at a very high level for the best team in Scotland since August. There's nobody else playing for uh, that has the potential to play for the United States that can say something akin to that. Uh, and all the same caveats that we're talking about with the league comparison apply here, where Celtic is better than every single MLS team. Um, they get to play in European competition, though. I think they have been eliminated now. Uh, the point is I still got to play in it. And, um, once again, it is, it's poor analysis to just dismiss somebody because of what the league conditions are or what the like very narrow and specifically highlighted to diminish (laughs) league conditions are where like Celtic would run away with the MLS. So 
he's also expected to win every week. Basically, he's expected to perform at a high level every week. It's all the same stuff as as with P folk, you know. Um, so it, it's really like difficult to to get on board with a statement that's so hyperbolic as Miles Robinson is just clearly better than Cameron Carter Vickers. We don't have a clear method for comparison, but we we do know that Cameron Carter Vickers has been playing at a at high as a high level as any of our the center backs we have. So just to say that it's very clear who's better is is like right, right away it's that's not even an analyzing anything. You know, it's just making statements and as you had said previously, if you make an assertion then the impetus is on you to back it up. It's not on the impetus, the impetus isn't on the other party to disprove it. But I, I don't think that type of like actually adhering to rigor and logic is, is the kind of thing you find too much in you in the Twitterverse. MNT. Yeah. At all. Cause um, hy- hyperbolic that gets you the retweets and the likes. And that's oh, the yeah, game. Dude. So yeah. piss people off, man. Um, I, I was a Holocaust denier on Twitter and I got a ton of followers, but that oh was my, my God, that was on my burner. <laughs> all right. So, um, <laughs> All right, but let's throw another player into the mix for the comparison of Cameron Carter-Vickers. Let's take James Sands. He was a pretty good MLS player, wasn't mm-hmm. he? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, he started for the MLS Cup champions consistently. I would imagine that would qualify him as a pretty good MLS player. And what happened when he went to the Scottish League? Well, he's been playing some, not a ton. Uh, I think people have said he's pretty far down in the midfield pecking order, actually. So, you know, it takes time to settle in and everything, but... Uh, if Scotland was so bad, I feel like a solid player from the MLS would be able to settle right in and be playing a bunch. I agree. Yeah, so um, that's weird. Yeah, there isn't the the evidence actually suggests the exact opposite, which is yeah. part of the problem. Um, the other thing that I'll note is um, Virgil Van Dyke played for Celtic. He played the exact same position that Cameron Carter Vickers does, and I'm not saying that Cameron Carter Vickers is Virgil Van Dyke, but maybe this argument would have a little bit more teeth if players that had come out of the MLS were anywhere close to what Virgil van Dyke is and players that came out of the exact position on the exact team that Cameron Carter Vickers occupies weren't absolute world beaters. Um, the problem with this comparison or saying that Miles Robinson is better than Cameron Carter Vickers is that all the reasonable evidence, as we just pointed out with James Sands and we just pointed out with um, Virgil van Dyke, the evidence points to the exact opposite. Um, and at the end of the day, one of the things that's frustrating about this is, is when people who are, who have a good amount of thought share make these statements, they're actually misleading a good amount of the fan base. And I don't think that's, that's helping anything. No, it's not, but I don't think they should be banned for misinformation or anything. Discourse is important and shouldn't be railroaded. But, uh, after I got that one in, um, <laughs> well, you're telling you're telling that to the Holocaust denier, dude. So you know, you know <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I just can't put it down. All right, so um, you should put it down. All right, I'll put it down. All, all right, right, so let's move on to Dwayne Holmes. Yeah, no, well, I, we're yeah, yeah. Let's go, go on. To what, do, what do you have? No, I was just going to say, like, you know, CCV is very likely to get purchased by a, by a mid-table. Um, yes, a mid-table. EPL he's, team. He's going to get purchased. Summer. He's, he's going to get purchased. Miles by Robinson had a lot of links to a lot of different teams and never ended up making the move. Maybe there was interest and he, you know, had the MLS wants too much money for me problem, but he's still in the MLS this season. Well, dude, and I, I if he was to, that yeah. good, people would fucking have bought him just well, straight and I, up. And I, well, exactly. And I hate to keep doing this and like beating these players down, but like, 
we said it at the time, Ricardo Pepe for $20 million wasn't a good move. And like, look at the situation now. Um, are we really supposed to believe that the valuations and the things that the MLS is saying and the deals that are being manufactured between um, MLS teams and teams in Europe that have MLS ownership are actually representations of how good those teams are? For, for me, you know, if these egregious deals are being made between owners, they're inflating the value of these players. And then if no one is moving on the likes of Miles Robinson and it takes a team like Augsburg that has an American owner to purchase Pepe, it tells me that the demand isn't isn't actually there. Yeah. No, I think that's a pretty good way to put it. The the hype doesn't reflect the demand. Um so I'm I'm done beating on the downtrodden players yeah. on our team. No, it's all it's all good, man. <laughs> I think it's it's just important to point out that like a lot of these these type of, you know, blanket assertions that things should be dismissed because of the level of the leagues are, you know, to neglecting nuance and it's really important to utilize nuance if you want to actually have a, a you know viable assessment and just dismissing things out of hand is uh not a good way to actually you know think um but yeah the championship and Dwayne Holmes specifically because the championship uh, we're going to bring this one as kind of like another uh, like a the other bookend here because solid argument that the MLS is on the whole a better uh league than the Scottish League or the Swiss League. But there isn't a good argument that the MLS is better than the uh, championship. The championship is actually universally viewed as better than the MLS, from what I've seen. And the United States has a player that's playing in central midfield for Huddersfield Town, um, and they're in third place right now. Dwayne Holmes is his name. And it's really odd that, like, He's not getting more looks, you know, and and you can go into all the like, oh, he doesn't know Berhalter's system or he wasn't that good when he was like bringing players in to get them used to playing in this, you know, all the all the assertions get made about the by the Berhalter apologist to explain why he calls in less skilled players, why he values skill over his pragmatism or not some pragmatism, his uh, his orthodoxy, his uh, God, what's the word I'm looking for here? His, oh yeah, um, uh, it's his, I don't know. It's it's his religion, I guess you could say. Yeah, it's his, yeah, his, yeah. Um, it's his dogmatic. Truth. Yeah, yeah he, he's he, very dogmatic. He, yeah, he takes dogma over skill. Yeah, exactly. Dogma over skill is Burhalter one hundred and one. But um, it's really just interesting though, because if people are willing to leverage the argument that you should dismiss the accomplishments of players in the Swiss League and the Scottish League because those leagues aren't as good as the MLS, why are we not lifting up homes more because that league is clearly better than the MLS? There's, I'm not saying that that is what should be done because I'm once again, will advocate for nuance in these discussions, but the inconsistency in the logic is very, very apparent. It's very telling too. It's one thing to diminish somebody and it's another thing to lift somebody up. Yeah. And there's another thing I think we should probably hammer home more is we need to be more about what did this player do and less about, oh, the guy that he's competing with is bad for X, Y, and Z reasons. Merit stands on its own. If people are telling you that this guy is terrible, 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 they're not like able to actually prop up their and unable to prop up their dude because he's not doing anything. I, I, that's, that story speaks for itself as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's part of the reason why we're doing this pod. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I hate to backtrack to Miles Robinson, but one of the reasons why we bring him up and personally one of the reasons why I talk about it is because like I frankly don't think he's been very good. And I don't think he's useless, but I don't think he's been very good. Um so it's bizarre to me to tear somebody down like Cameron Carter Vickers and prop up a Miles Robinson who's got a ton of mistakes instead of evaluating the entire player pool and taking the logic that we talked about earlier. If you're going to evaluate players across leagues, then you need to do it across all the players yeah. that are present in our pool and not look at a guy like Dwayne Holmes. Why not spend your energy there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're going to make blanket statements about league level and whether or not the players are worth assessing, then obviously that should lift Dwayne Holmes up. But it doesn't seem to be lifting Dwayne Holmes up too much in MLS-esque circles. Odd. Um, does it make sense to go into like the global conditions and the global recommendations that we would make and kind of close this thing out? Yeah, let's let's do it. Well, I'll ask you the question. Can we or should we say that the MLS is better than the Swiss League, the Dutch League, or the Scottish Premier League? Sure, we can. Does it have any like meaning that helps you uh, analyze things better? Maybe somewhat, but um, just saying that it's definitive and that everything and acting as if everything is black and white and letting that, uh, you know, really uh, two toned nature color the rest of your assessments is is not the way to go. I agree, man. And I think like the bottom line and really what we've kind of got to in this whole pot and what we're aiming at is that false equivalencies are bad. Mm-hmm. Um, saying that X player would be is the same or better than Y player, even though their situations are nothing alike and failing to describe any of the nuance and how they actually are similar or explaining that is a false equivalency and that doesn't help any one of us. Um, yeah. I'm and and I'm willing to like talk. I love I love to talk about this kind of stuff with people. And actually, one of the most frustrating things for me since we've gotten into doing this is the fact that like you try to present things in like a hey, maybe we should think about it like this manner, and you get responses that are like, you know, nah, he's mad. But yeah, like okay, that like doesn't contribute to the conversation. Um, can you explain why you don't rate him in any? meaningful manner and oftentimes you just get more ridiculous one-line bs like lol jk haha like just i don't know man um there's some frontal lobe development that's needed i think but (laughs) just hopefully youtube will help us with that a little bit um well i guess that like just about wraps up this um this flavor of the week segment i think we're going to try to do another one in the next like three to four days but um please give us your feedback let you know let us know what you think of the format and um ryan any closing thoughts for our listeners at home yeah man uh you know we need to be waiting things you gotta wait things and try to be fair uh if you just dismiss stuff then you're not actually trying to think very much well people would rather die than think and i think that's a Is that a Bertrand Russell quote? I'll leave everyone with that. All right. Um, Dude, thanks for being here, and we'll talk to everyone soon. Have a good night.